The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate all of you, and uh, not only those that are, of you that are listening at another time, but those of you that are with us live on Facebook. We appreciate all our live streamers, and because of you, our radio show is featured all over the world. Uh, talking about the world, um, we're all pondering uh, various questions now. People are talking about that times are intense. We're talking about that. People seem more easily agitated. We're saying that people feel um, agronoid, somewhere between annoyed and aggravated, you know, like a married word. And our guest today, he has a tremendous background in teaching people how not to be stressed. His name is Michelle Pascal. He is a mover and shaker. He studied in the Himalayas in one of the most noted monasteries of all times, Michelle, welcome to our show today. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Temple. I am so, so happy to be with you and to all your friends. Well, and I love that, you know, um, I mean, because of a great publicist, uh, Dia Shandere Hunter, um, I was able to learn about you, but you have been well known in the French um, a spiritual movement for a very long time. As a matter of fact, you've written 19 books on spirituality. How did you get into the... This, the spiritual world. I mean, we're all spiritual, but how did that become your life's work? Did you know it uh, when you were a little boy, or did something occur in your life that, that changed you? Yes. Uh, when I was a child, uh, I started uh, to sing in churches. I was 10 years old, and uh, my family was very stressed. So I was in the church all time when I was so young at seven, eight years old. And I become to sing on stage. I was nine years old because I was artist since I was a child. I became professional singer. I was 15 years old. 
And, uh, and after I came many times to sing in New York uh, with the musician of Carlos Santana, the musician of Pat Metheny. And, um, and in the same time, when I was so young, um, I, see, I see how we need peace. Uh, I, uh, my father, he died with a heart attack because he has too much uh, money problem. So I realized when I was so young, there is one thing that we need in this world, to be more calm. Uh, I mean, we can, we can talk about motivation, positive attitude, chakra, whenever. We can talk about all. But before that, before all, we need one thing in our world to be more calm. And um, after, in 2008, I did a book with His Holiness Dalai Lama, and after I, I live in a Buddhist monastery, uh, it's a thing when we talk about spirituality, meditation, it's another thing when we live in a monastery. Uh, it's very different. Mm -hmm. So um, it was a blessing for me every day to be uh, the disciple of Chepa Dorje Rinpoche. Chepa Dorje was the last descendant of Marpa, and um, he was also uh, the first disciple of Chatral Rinpoche. Chatral Rinpoche was the teacher of His Holiness Dalai Lama. So my Rinpoche was so strict. <laughs> and, um, and it's a blessing for me to, to have this spiritual life since I am a child. Oh, well, you're so right. I mean, it, it's one thing to live in a, a monastery. We have a beautiful monastery not far from where I live, not even an hour away or close to that. And immediately when I even get close to the grounds and I'm pulling up and I'm into that environment and that culture that is so ingrained in a practice of quiet and calm and you can hear the birds like they're singing real loud, you know, and you can you can feel nature, a different resonation because you, you don't have all those external props and everything else. But it's quite another thing to be calm when you're in the midst of living your life every day and people are multi-juggling two and three jobs or two and three children are, are the jobs and the children, right? And just surrounded by a lot of um, information. And I, part of it that I have observed, and, and this is more your area of expertise, but I know in my early days of uh, really going deeper into a practice, I think the quiet, I found it kind of frightening. You know, I was used to being around noise and a noisy family and a noisy life and a high-energy person. And so those first few times of being quiet, it was like uncomfortable. Um, but now I couldn't imagine life without the quiet. You know, I mean, if I don't have my quiet so many times a day, uh, I definitely tell I can tell a big different um was that true for you or or did it just become natural because you were exposed to the monastery no 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 because <laughs> when we talk about a monastery uh, we talk about retreat but when we live in a monastery we discover the real um, spiritual monastic life what it is trust me 
It's a spiritual fight every minute. It's a life extremely active, extremely intense. So when people they go in a monastery a few days, we take a retreat, it's the same thing if I say, oh, I go to visit Florida two, three days. No, I don't know Florida if I visit a few days Florida. I must live in Florida to know what is Florida. It's the same thing in a monastery. When people, they came to visit my monastery, they see nothing. They, they thought that uh, we are in contemplation all the time. It's not like that. It's a life extremely intense spiritually. But for me, the question was not to be in the monastery, because in our world, we don't live in a monastery. We live in a, in a world extremely uh, stressful, So my question, because it's easy to be calm in a monastery, my question was, how can I be calm in my daily stress? Because we know in neuroscience, huh, when we put electrode on the brain, we know that if you practice any relaxation outside of your stress, it's beautiful. But when you go back to the traffic, when you go back to your workplace, you lose 93% of the serotonin, 93% of the benefit of the calm. So we create a sort of up and down. And for me, this is the roots of the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like oxygen. It's anytime, anywhere. So me, my way of meditation came in my monastery <laughs> when I realized that we don't live in a monastery. How can I be more calm at my workplace? How can I be more calm in the traffic? How can I be more calm at home when I can have a lot of uh, problems with uh, my families or friends? And this is exactly meditation for daily stress. I love, yeah, it, it, that's our quest, isn't it? Is, is how to be in the midst of our world and at the same time um, be in that presence and be in that, that calm sense of self. Do you, do you liken it, um, Michelle, to, I mean, how I think about it often is that um, when I think about the way certain people eat and the things they put into their bodies, They've been doing it so long, and I was one of those people. So let me just say, for years, I had been doing certain things for so long because that's what my family did. That's what my friends at school did. That's what they put in their bodies. That was the the norm, okay? And when people would say, you know, that's probably not really good for you or that's probably not great for you, I would think, how ridiculous is that, you know? But I needed to go a long time without it, you know. And once I went a long time without it, and then I tried to put it back in, then I was just shocked at how I didn't feel good. You know, I didn't feel better. I didn't feel energetic. I didn't feel vibrant. I felt tired. Um, And I, I have found that with the act of calm as well, is that because people have been going and going and going to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Here we go. Let me rush. Let me push my car. Let me get to work. Let me, you know, this kind of energy until they really experience calm. 
they don't really understand how hard it is on their on their bodies or what it's like to have a mind that actually has space, right? It's uh, extremely important, Temple, what you say. So congratulations for what you say. And also I see your work. <laughs> congratulations for all that you do since a lot of years. But yes, there is no debate. When we are stressed, what we do? When we are stressed, we destroy our immune system. When we are stressed, we destroy our capacities in the brain. When we are stressed, we fall down in depression. In America, according to health department, 80% of American people, we are just close to burnout, the crash in the brain. So there is no debate. We must be more calm. But there is something extremely interesting. When we are more calm, we are more active. When we are more calm, we are more productive. When we are more calm, we are more intuitive. So the, the question is, we are educated <laughs> at the opposite of the goal. Because in our world, we need to be active, to be productive. We need to have a lot of energy. But when we are stressed, we go at the opposite of the goal. So there is no debate. Everyone, you, me, every people who listen your show, before any considerations, any talk, any discussion, any tips, any advices, we need to be more calm. So after my question, it's, it's my way of meditation, how can I be more calm in my daily stress? And this is exactly the question. Not outside of the stress, because if I go calm in a monastery, in a landscape, it's beautiful. But when I come back, I am stressed again. So no, when I, how can I be more calm in my traffic, in my workplace, when my coworkers are so stressed, if my manager scream on me, if at home I have a lot of problems with my family, my friends, how can I be more calm in the storm of the stress? I love that because I know just hearing you say that, that's so shocking for people, you know, to hear because you're right. We've been trained the opposite way. Faster, bigger, more, greater, um, you know, multi-thinking, you know, that kind of thing. But when you say we are more productive when we are calm. <laughs> Well, we are more creative when we are calm. I I will say another one thing that's very true for me. I attract greater and more dynamic things in my life when I am calm. (laughs) I can give you I, I can give you an example, very simple. For example, me when I have met uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith at Agape. Yes. Reverend Michael has invited me to sing at Agape. I was very impressed because Michael Beckwith is very calm before he goes on stage to talk. And on stage, he has an amazing volcano energy because just before and just after, he is very calm. So, yes, I give the example of Reverend Michael because I, I, I have a lot of admiration for him. It's the same thing with His Holiness Dalai Lama. I have the chance to have worked with His Holiness. He has an amazing energy 
No one can follow the schedule of Dalai Lama, but he is extremely calm. So more we are calm, more we are active, more we have energy. So the, the question is, how can I be more calm in my daily stress? Huh? I say all time, my schedule is busy, not me. How can I be not busy in a schedule very busy? How can I keep my peaceful attitude in Times Square? I give retreat in Times Square. It's my favorite place in New York to meditate. Huh? Because when we meditate like a mountain in Times Square, suddenly we touch our soul in the storm of the noises. Yes. And suddenly we realize there is a world outside. The stress, the tension, the noises. Yes. But there is also a world inside us. We have a world inside. We have a soul. We have a source. We have a spiritual dimension. And if we want to be connected to our soul, there is just one way to be more calm, to be very calm in our daily life. I have a funny story that I can share with you. One day, with His Holiness Dalai Lama, I remember he watched CNN. And on CNN, there is someone, the guy was very, very stressed, and he said on the TV, you must be positive, like this, like that, like that. And Dalai Lama said, oh, my poor baby, he's so stressed. It's true. It's true. Huh? I mean, uh, positivity, yes, but not the positivity of the stress. Huh? We can be very positive if we are calm. So th there is no debate, as you said, Temple. We must be more calm in our daily stress. And this is the real monastery. How many journalists ask to me, oh, Michel, before you live in the Himalayas in Copan Monastery, now you live in Hollywood or you live in New York City? It's a big changement. I say, no, it's the same thing. For me, there is no changement. We live in our mind. We don't live in Florida. We don't live in Himalayas. We live in our mind. We're having a lot of people comment, and uh, our friend Elizabeth is talking about, um, you know, being um, having the opportunity of meeting the Dalai Lama and and that essence and that and that power. And uh, we have other people tuning in and making comments about how the mind can be so busy with five or ten ideas and going on it at the same time. I. I, I love to say, uh, Michelle, that a trained mind equals an open heart. Um, and it, it, I would just say that that has come about from my own practice uh, from years ago uh, being this people pleaser, you know, chameleon that was whoever I was with. And, um, and a lot of activity and paranoia and energy and the mind going, you know, 90 miles a minute to a place of really understanding, and I think this is important for people to understand, it's a skill. And we're going to be talking about, in the second part of our show, Michelle's amazing book, Meditation for Daily Stress, 10 Practices for Immediate Well-Being. But whoever you are, if you are out there going, God, my mind's into chatter-chatter, I have so many conversations going on in my head, I have lots of people talking in my head at one time, don't be discouraged. Because start today, right, Michelle? 
I mean, the decision that you make today is what your tomorrow is going to thank you for. And realize we've all been there. But you want to be dedicated to getting the skills that you need for more of a stress-free life. I like to say that silence is more than the absence of noise. It's the discovery of peace, which is within. And I love what you're talking about, Michelle, because... You know, we have this inner sanctuary and we have fleeting thoughts that thousands of thoughts that can go through our minds at any given time. However, we are the gatekeeper, aren't we? We're the ones that decide which thought we're going to feed and which thought we're going to get into and which thought is going to take our day or not. Yes, really, to be to be more calm, it's extremely important. But the question is how to be more calm. So when I teach for people stress, how can we say to a manager at Google, for example, uh, who works 15 hours per day, oh, now, my friend, you must be calm. Huh? Yes. It work. How can we say to a prisoner, I teach for prisoners since three years, a prisoner who have a PTSD, a child, we have ADHD. How can we say to those people, you must be calm? No, they don't care. It doesn't work. I think we live a new time spiritually mm-hmm. because we receive too much information all time, hein? too much tips, too much advices, too much motivator. We need just to be more calm, to feel more calm. When I teach, I don't talk to the people. Just I snap three times and I guide the meditation to help the person to be more calm immediately. We don't need to receive advices. We need to be calm immediately with no concentration, no effort. If you want, Temple, we we can make a meditation today in your show in, in one minute. How in one minute meditation? I can be more calm. When I say meditation, I don't talk about the cliché of the meditation that we know in America. When we talk about meditation, we think about a beautiful girl sitting down in a lotus position face to a lake. It's a cliché. In Tibetan language, meditation doesn't mean that at all. Meditate in Tibetan means I train my mind. I train my mind. I train my mind. So how can I train my mind in my daily stress, in my daily life? This is exactly meditation. It's not the the, the blablatation, because if you are sitting down in a lotus position in the nature, it's beautiful. I like that. But we know you go back to your job, you have stress again. So it is so important to see the etymology of the meditation. Not the cliché, but the real sense. I meditate, I train my mind. So if you want, we, we can train our mind together in one minute. If you want, we can do that, Temple. It will be the best answer to your questions. Absolutely. Uh, let's do it now. There's no time better than right now. So okay. um, <laughs> take it <some> <laughs> <laughs> I feel Um, And I'm ready and willing and able. Let's go. Okay. So we imagine we are at the workplace 
or in the traffic, in, in a stressful situation. I snap three times, and just we close our eyes. We are sitting down like a mountain. We do nothing. Just we are sitting down like a mountain. If we have some thought in our mind, we do nothing. Thoughts are like clouds in the sky. They move. But when we are sitting down like a mountain, we can become a mountain. We can feel the stability of the mountain. We can breathe mentally the stability of the mountain. So we visualize the mountain. We see the stability of the mountain. And we breathe in mentally. We keep our breath, we keep the stability, and we exhale the stability in our body. And immediately, we are more calm. We are that we visualize. We are that we say. When we meditate like a mountain, in the stress, we become a mountain. And we open our eyes. And we feel more calm. How do you feel, Temple? Tell me. I I relaxed immediately once you started. You see, huh? when we are in the storm of the stress at the workplace, we can be sitting down like a mountain. The mountain was the first practice that I learned in my monastery. I remember the first day I asked to my Rinpoche, huh? Rinpoche in Tibetan means precious, my spiritual father. I asked to him, Rinpoche, what means meditation? Can you explain to me meditation? And I never forgot his answer. He said, Michel, there is no meditation. Just sitting down like a mountain, and you will feel all. So it is like that. We can be sitting down in the mountain in Times Square. Huh? I yes. guide many, many retreats in Times Square, in the train in New York City, in the traffic. Huh? How can I be sitting down like a mountain in the traffic? 
Huh? We can be sitting down like a mountain <laughs> anytime, anywhere. It becomes a, an intentional part of our of our everyday lives, and um, and I, I love that you also stress it's not the length of time; it's that there is a time. I, I think often, uh, Michelle, people confuse that. You know, I, I think that they think of the fact that you know, well, I need to have an hour or I don't have enough time, you know, between my work and, you know, the next thing I'm doing or, you know, whatever, um, rather than, you know, two minutes sometimes. I mean, just what you just did for everybody out there um, was such a calming, you know, place, and it, it brought us to a, a different elevation as far as um, who we are inside. I want to I reiterate to those of you that are just coming on, we're talking to Michelle Pascal. He has written 19 books about spirituality, which are all in French. And he has just came out with his new best-selling book, uh, Meditation for Daily Stress, 10 Practices for Immediate Well-Being. Um, I'd love to get some comments on um, from some of you about what you're doing and how you're, you know, processing meditation and what's working for you. Elizabeth, thank you for your comments. She's saying that she learned to uh, meditate on on a bus uh, ten years ago. So in the midst of activity, um, that's where it's so beautiful that we bring into this uh, practice. Yeah, and I, and I'm, I'm getting some comments of uh, well-being for me. My, you're you were uh, healing my my cold, uh, Michelle. <laughs> I started coughing in the midst of the meditation. My my mountain was clearing uh, within me. But I want to remind everybody: you can go to Michelle Pascal, M I C H E L P A S C A L dot TV. Um, he does uh, spiritual documentaries. He has been on several YouTube programs, and I've loved looking at your website, Michelle, and and learning so much more about you and that you're also a musician. Let's continue to talk about um, these 10 practices for immediate well-being. It's very timely right now for people to and quit eating too much sugar and and, um, you know, being over, over-stressed. Um, I mean, I like to say to myself, you know, 100 years from now, all new people, you know, that's, that's one thing. Um, uh, one person, Leslie's writing in, and she says that she makes this her practice, I love this, you know, when she's at a traffic light, to just take deep breaths, just take these moments, you know, to be present. Um, that's very powerful, is to do rituals in the midst of what you're doing in your in your daily life. You know, like the Native American Indian that could hear a cricket going down the street in New York. Most people are not that in tune, but you can be. Yes, because uh, as you say, uh, Temple, when you talk about the time, huh, every, every day we say, I am busy, I am busy. Uh-huh. But it's true. How can we say to someone who works 15 hours per day, now you must take one hour more to meditate or 20 minutes. And also, I I want to say something very important. This is not meditation. This is not what we do in a monastery. Not at all. 
It's a cliché that we have in America, but it's not what we do in a monastery. I remember my monastery was open two hours every Saturday morning. Every Saturday we have American people. They came, um, and when they arrive, they say, we don't understand. You are not in a lotus position to do some chanting every day? No. They say, we never do that. But they say this is meditation. I, I remember my friend monks, they say, no, it's not our meditation in a monastery. Because in a monastery, the life is very, very, very active. Very active. So meditation means to train our mind in our daily life. It's an attitude. It's not because we take a deep breath that we will be more calm. No. It's an attitude. Every minute, every situation, it's an occasion to practice. In meditation for daily stress, we don't lose time. We use the time. I drink my coffee. I am present to my coffee. I enjoy the beans of my coffee. I, I use my coffee like my meditation. I go to restroom. I detox my body. I detox also my emotions. I can make a practice to detox mentally, to recycle the bad emotions, the stress from my co-workers, for example. I am at, at my workplace. My manager arrives. He is so stressed on me. I use this moment to recycle the bad energy that he sends to me. It is what we do in a monastery. It is what we do in meditation for daily stress. It's not to say to someone, oh, my friend, take a deep breath and uh, sitting down. It doesn't work. We are stressed again after. We know that everyone makes this experience. So the real etymology of meditation to train my mind means I don't lose time because no one can lose his time. Everyone is busy. So we, we don't lose time, but we use the time. We use every situation of our life. This is meditation for daily stress. I, I love this statement that um, this will make a good bumper sticker, and Michelle, you and I can say that we, we thought of it. It's, um, it's not... I make time to meditate. It's when I meditate, I make time. I, exactly. The length of time and the duration of your time in the day um, enhances and increases because you're living in more of a calm state. And so everything that's wanting to enter your life, whether it's the phone call, whether it's somebody knocking at the door, you're, you become then the person that's in the rhythm of your life instead of the life, you know, overtaking, taking you. I'm always fascinated by people that answer their phones and then tell you they don't have time to talk. <laughs> you think to yourself, why did you answer the phone? <laughs> you know? You just let it go to uh, let it go to voicemail. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, thank all of you for staying with us. We're just going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to know more about the ten practices uh, for immediate 
well-being as far as stress. And we're loving talking to Michelle Pascal today. Thank you all for your comments. I love your energy and and your participation. It's so great to be uh, with all of you again this week. I really missed. I was out in L.A. actually at Agape with uh, Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith and AG&T. So it's just great to be with, uh, with all of you again. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Have you asked your soul what it wants? Or are you so busy meeting the needs of everyone else? Family, friends, children, bosses, that you haven't checked in with the part of you that matters most? Janet Connor asked this question and received an answer. Your soul wants five things. That's it. Five things. Your soul wants to connect with source, commit to values, serve a purpose, express itself creatively, and last, it longs to create a beautiful, abundant life. Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that meet those needs. You can take each course separately or register for the complete Your Soul Wants Five Things series and receive $1,000 in bonuses for free. Visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things. Your soul will thank you. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. 
to everyone and thank you for being with us. Uh, Michelle Pascal is our guest today. We are featuring his new book, Meditation for Daily Stress, 10 Practices for Immediate Well-Being. If you love these kind of conversations, please join me at templehays.com and sign up for our daily inspirations or tune in to us at firstunity.org. Michelle, let's continue to talk about um, some of the uh, steps that you offer that are making such a difference in people's lives. Were these 10 steps things that through the years you feel have helped you the most? Sorry, what you say? I didn't hear you clearly. Sorry, Temple. That's okay. Uh, the 10 practices for immediate well-being, are these some of the steps that you realized um, you know, through the course of your life? Um, were they given yes. to you uh, over a period of time? Yes, we can use uh, this book and these 10 practices uh, like a, a friend, like someone take our hand. It's very uh-huh. simple. Those practices are very, very simple. Not simplistic, but simple. And those practices come from the pure source of the spirituality. It's exactly the practice that we do in a monastery. So it's not all oh, tips uh, to be like this, to be like that. Not at all. I give an example. We, we meditate to recycle the bad energy that we receive every day. So when we practice like that, it comes from Tonglen. Tonglen in Buddhism, in Tibetan, means to give, to receive. We can translate by to recycle. So, for example, I have adapted Tonglen. Tonglen is a practice uh, that we do in Buddhism since many, 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 many centuries. Many centuries. So how can we recycle the bad emotion that we have in our heart, the, the mental toxin that we breathe every day? Because every emotion is contagious. If you live close someone happy, you become happy. If you live close someone who complain all time, you complain all time. Every emotion, it's contagious. But every emotion, it's also an addiction. It's a neurochemical addiction. So if you are stressed, I mean if your brain is running all time, if, if our brain is running all time, uh-huh. Tomorrow, our brain will running more and more. Next week, more. Next month, more. Next year, more. And it's like that. So we have the capacity to re-educate our cognitive process, to re-educate our brain, to change our life in one second when we practice in the daily stress. I give an example. I teach for one of the presidents uh, of the marketing of one of the biggest companies in the world. When she came to me, she said, Michelle, I try yoga, I try mindfulness, but I am so stressed in my job. I'm so sorry. And she cried. Yeah. And she said, when I am in my office, I am so stressed. So I came to the office of this president of a company, and we practice in the office, how can I recycle the stress emotions that I receive every day? And after one session, she said, I feel better. 
immediately because she practices in the workplace, in the situation, not outside, not in a quiet room, and when she comes back, she's stressed again. She practices at the workplace. So like that, she has a new perception of the office. My office is not the place I must be stressed. My office becomes the place I can be more calm. It's the same thing when uh, we teach meditation for daily stress in the traffic. Huh? We teach on the freeway in Los Angeles for Uber drivers. How can I rediscover my car? My car is not the place I'm stressed. My car is the place now I know I can touch my soul. Huh? This is exactly how works those practices, those ten practices in the book. And, and you know, um, we're having a, a number of people, and including Jax is writing in. <clears throat> One of the biggest things of people that are caring and compassionate have to be mindful of is not taking on other people's stuff, you know, to literally, as Jax is writing in, you know, to put a cloak around yourself. You have to have that shield of protection because, like you're saying, Michelle, we become contagious. We take on people's joy. We take on their sadness. We take on their frustration. We, we want to be very mindful of that as we are participating. And it really is, um, it gets uh, down to the ability to balance, you know, and to, to be able to have kind of like your own, um, your own measuring meter of when you've had enough. That you either need to go, you know, find your mountain in meditation or go outside or just take a time out. I mean, sometimes when I'm finding myself getting overly responsive to things outside of myself, I'll run a little late for my next appointment just because I need that time to recenter, regroup, uh, get back to that silent sanctuary within myself. Because like you were saying earlier, you can't tell someone who isn't calm, oh, be calm. But if you're calm and you have a calming presence, I have noted that people have the tendency to automatically calm down. You say, Temple, <laughs> something very important. Because meditation in a, in a monastery, it's not a technique. It's not mm -hmm. a tip. It's not a breath exercise. It's not a, a visualization. No. Meditation in a monastic life, it's a transmission of energy. When we guide the person, we give a calm energy to the person. And immediately the person feels better. Mm -hmm. I, I can give you an amazing news in your show. Um, I teach meditation for daily stress since three years at Amity Foundation in California, the big foundation for the prisoners and the parolees. In America, 80% of parolees, they return to jail. But at Amity Foundation, when we practice meditation for daily stress, 80% of parolees, they never return to jail. 
they find a job, they rebuild a family. Wow. So it's amazing. In America, at Amity Foundation, we have found the key to reduce the violence. It's not a hope, it's not a, a blah blah, it's a data. It's a reality. 80% they don't go back in jail. And the That's Twin Towers, the famous jail of Los Angeles, asked to me to come for people in a total isolation, you know, in jail, to teach to those people this way of meditation. Because we can be in isolation in a jail, but also we can be in a mental prison when we are so rich. I teach many times for rich people, for celebrities. I have never met someone rich and happy in my life. They are in mental prison. I want more success, more money, I want more this, more that, more, more. It's a sort of mental prison. So what we do face to a prisoner? We don't say to a prisoner, be calm, be like this, take a deep breath, close your eyes. We don't do that. We give an energy to the person. Wow. This is the key of the Buddhism in, in Buddhism, in Tibetan Buddhism, we talk about the powa. The powa in Tibetan means the transfusion of the consciousness. Mm -hmm. Even energy to the person. When I am faced to a group of 100 prisoners, I can't say to those guys, oh, my friend, take a deep breath, be like this. They don't care. At Amity Foundation, it works. Because yes. what we do, we give, we give an energy. We are that we teach. Yes. At the moment we guide, we are calm, deeply calm. That and is so, so powerful, Michelle. I, I want to reiterate before we, we close our show today, uh, the value of, of what he's saying. Please go to his website, michellepascal.tv, M-I-C-H-E-L, P-A-S-C-A-L dot TV and forward this show and forward his information to other people because it's so profound, uh, the impact that the work that's being done here is impacting people that they don't have to return to prison because they're actually learning a new way of thinking and a new way of life and they become free within themselves. And we know a lot of people today that they're not in prison, but they are imprisoned by their own um, reality, by their own lack of information, by their own inability to uh, de-stress and to get the skills that they need in order to have a more vibrant and a more calm and balanced life. I want to thank all of you for being on our show today, listening and all your interaction. I tell you, I enjoy this show so much more now that we're doing Facebook Live because I actually feel like I'm, I'm personally and privately connecting with so many of you, and it means the world to me. Michelle, what a pleasure meeting you. I just know that our paths are going to cross again. I, I feel that very strongly, and I'm very grateful uh, that you've been part of our show, and thank you for all that you're doing in the world, sir. Thank you, Temple, for what you do from the bottom of my heart. Me, I say thank you to you, Temple, because in this world we need to, to feel a good energy. And when you are in your show, when you give your classes, when you give your teaching, you give the most important love, simple. How can we help someone to be more calm, to give love?
to do that everyday temple. So congratulations for what you do from all my heart. And until our paths meet again, au revoir, monsieur ami, au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> au revoir, temple, à bientôt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Every day we're faced with countless decisions, some seemingly insignificant, others life-changing. In each situation, we want to consider all the options. But in an effort to choose wisely, I may become anxious and confused, thinking that my peace of mind depends upon making the right decision. Perhaps this is backwards thinking. Actually, beginning with peace of mind helps me make good decisions. Peace is not the result of a particular circumstance, but the very cause that keeps me calm no matter what I'm facing. Inner peace clears my mind of doubt and allows me to see what would serve me best. When I have to make a choice, I remember, for every question there is an answer, and that answer begins with the peace I already have. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.com. Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love. Be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm. 